Brahmacharlokadipati Sahampati Katanjali Anadi Varan Ayachata Santita Sata Parajaka Jatika De Sedu Dhamma Anukampinam Pajam Namo tassa bhakavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhakavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhakavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Buddhang dhammang sanghang namasami Congratulations on having followed through on your uh, intention. And uh, of course, the, the wedding is not the marriage. <laughs> it's just the bit at the beginning. And so the, um, uh, this is a, a, a moment of uh, undertaking a resolution. Lumpur uh, uh, Viradhammo explained very clearly and uh, very fully and skillfully um, the kind of uh, undertaking that... Uh, you are you're making at this time. Um, the uh, one of the aspects of taking on this way of life is that there's a lot of external changes. You're changing your clothing, or in white, unless you're working on the tractor or <laughs> throwing logs around. And, uh, and uh, <clears throat> but you have a you know, shaving your heads. So you're following the the routine of the monastery, and there's the um, the, the great variety of external changes that you are uh, engaging in, but the purpose of all of the um, external uh, say, forms that you take on as an anigarika, shaving the head, uh, following the routines, putting on white clothing and so forth, um, those are all supports, they're, they're skillful means in, in order to bring about internal changes. Uh, one of the things that uh, is very um, strong feature of, of Lumpur Cha's teachings, Lumpur Sumato's teachings that uh, uh, Lumpur Viridamo and I have sort of lived in for the last 40 years or so, is that uh, it, it's not just a matter of changing of, a beha- of behaviors, it's not just a matter of learning to be obedient to a structure, but uh, as uh, Lumpur Sumato would often say, it's, it's to do with breathing life into the form. Uh, just, if it was just learning a behavior, that would be easy. <laughs> if it was just a matter of, of uh, uh, adopting particular patterns of, of activity and uh, learning uh, how to, to do things. Merely adopting an external form, then uh, that, uh, that um, uh, is easier, but it's also less useful. And the whole purpose of, of the adoption of the external forms and the taking the precepts uh, and committing to a teacher, taking dependence on, on the Bovira Dhammo and uh, making this commitment to be in this training for a, a year, all of that is to support the internal changes. Because if the, the inner changes don't, uh, don't happen or don't, uh, are not supported by the external forms, then it, it hasn't, it's not really serving its purpose. The Anagarika life is not really serving its purpose. Um, I would suggest. 
The um, one of the, the things that, that is I feel uh, helpful to reflect on that I often talk about in, on these occasions um, is uh, the uh, what does it mean to be an anagarika? Agara is a house or a home. Anagara is one who has no house or no home. It's uh, undertaking the homeless life, and just as in the uh, the little piece you uh, recited at the beginning, sambado garawa so rajo pato. Um, the household life is cramped and dusty. The homeless life is free as air. It is not easy. It is not easy uh, living the household life to live a fully perfected holy life, purified and polished like a conch shell, or like your polished heads <laughs> on this uh, new moon day. So that uh, uh, leaving home, uh, leaving the household life is one thing, and so it's giving up the the customary supports of. Um, the the household life and the the value system of a, of a household life, looking to accumulate money or status, or qualifications, uh, relationships, um, the uh, the kind of uh, uh, worldly principles and uh, qualities that uh, uh, most people's lives revolve around. But one of the uh, the, the things that I, I also like to reflect on is that. Uh, taking on the anagarika life is not just leaving the the worldly concerns of the householder behind, but the the house or the home is a is an external symbol for the quality of self view internally, being somebody, being uh, um, a, the the way that the, we as as human beings invest in our personality or, or our our character, our status, our our sense of, of identity. Uh, as a as a man or as a woman, as a, having our nationality, being Canadian or Swiss or British or American or whatever we might uh, feel, uh, we have in those conventions, and that the 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 uh, commitment to le- leaving the household life behind, the uh, life centered around uh, worldly values and uh, the householders concerned, is also a, 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 the same gesture in the same moment. And perhaps even more importantly, it's uh, leaving behind a life based upon self-concern, self-interest, and uh, ego-centered perspectives. And that going into the monastic training is a lot about leaving those um, self-centered views behind and, and changing our life from a self-centered uh, perspective, being based around a self-centered perspective, to being based around a a Dhamma-centered perspective, or, or you can say, uh, uh, based around uh, a nature-centered uh, perspective, seeing things in terms of nature, seeing things in terms of Dhamma, rather than in terms of self-view. What I like, what I don't like, what I think is good, what I think is bad, um, what I prefer, and uh, what I think is so beautiful and ugly, and so forth. That the 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 worldly perspective supports us in um, Ego-centered thinking and uh, and self self-view, and uh, the more that uh, we enter uh, or apply monastic training, the the more it uh, becomes clear that the, a lot of the training, the the, the dhamma and the vinaya, is uh, all about helping the, us to to reconfigure the view of this life, this body, this mind, <coughs> and and how it works, and how to. Uh, to free the, the mind from the limits that come from self-centered perspectives. 
Yeah, often we go through life and we might feel a sense of limitation or, or, or frustration and we have the sense, I, I want to be free, how can I be free? I, I'm, I'm, I'm tied down, I'm full, you know, life is full of limitations and I, I want to be free. But uh, what, um, what you discover, even though it might sound a little bit disappointing, uh, in terms of Buddha Dhamma is that I can never be free because the I is the prison. Like you can, it works very well in English, you know, I, 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 I. So there's like the prison bars. In French, it's not so good. Je, 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 je. But the, the, the English works very well. It's just the I, the person is the prison. So that if you want the person to be me, me, happy forever, it's like it's not going to work <laughs> because the me is the, the thing that's uh, self-centered thinking is what's getting in the way of, of freedom. And so that the, the Anagarika life, taking on the precepts, uh, living in relationship to the, the guidance of a, of a teacher and your mentors, your fellows in, in, the, in the holy life, it's helping us to, to uh, shift from that self-centered perspective to a, a Dhamma-centered perspective. And, that, <coughs> and I would suggest this is where freedom can really be found, is, is in letting go of, of self-view, letting go of the self-centered habits. So particularly, say, in the meditation, then uh, as we've had a, a few sessions in the last couple of days over the weekend here and then over at Sati Saranya, um, I forget who was at which events because it's difficult to keep track. <laughs> but I think the, the day that we had here, uh, talking about um, the uh, relating to the mind in a, in a, say, from a self-centered perspective, we might think, I've got a lot of greed or I'm filled with fear or I've got a, a mind that won't stop chattering you know I've got to get rid of these chattering thoughts I've got to be more generous I need to be more compassionate I've got to uh, get rid of my my laziness and be uh, I've got to be more uh, awake and so these sound quite reasonable uh, in terms of, uh, of the principles to guide our life by or we see that oh yeah this is a um, something that's obstructive or difficult and needs to be let go of but the more that the mind creates the idea of well, I've got a lot of anger, I'm, I've got many fears, I'm, I'm always anxious I've got to get rid of my, uh, my anxiety, I've got to stop thinking so much then in that very attitude the mind is creating me who's the owner of these thoughts or me who's the, the creator of these emotions uh, me who's the, the, the generator of, of anger and, and fear and so forth but as uh, I think it was in the the, uh, the question and answer, the discussion session at the uh, at the day long here on Saturday, um, talking about this, uh, I always like to encourage people to recognize, you know, you didn't invent anger. You know, it existed in the universe before you were born. Yeah. You know, you didn't invent jealousy or fear or, or, or greediness. That we as human beings, we experience those qualities. But we we're not the we're not the owners of them. We're not responsible for for generating them, creating them. But we can make it very personal. I've got an anger problem. I've got a fear problem. I've got a lust problem. I've got a laziness problem. And we make it very very personal. And so that uh, what uh, the Anagarika life and the meditation uh, can help uh, us to do is to recognise that. This is, uh, we, f we feel life here uh, through the agency of this life, this body, this mind that we have. But uh, you are, uh, you're the, ex the, the experience uh, of different moods and feelings, sadness and, and happiness, 
gain and loss, fear and desire, uh, attraction and aversion, these are, are not, we don't have to see these in a personal way. They don't have to be uh, taken personally. So just as um, we, <coughs> we recognize, oh, you know, this is a maple tree, or this is a, 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 an ash tree, or this is an oak tree, they have their different shapes. So similarly, we can, uh, and as Ajahn Viridamo being a, an accomplished woodworker, he would know well, these these trees. Their their wood is very knotty. It's difficult for making planks with. This is very soft wood. You can. This is American bass. Was it basswood? Good for carving. <laughs> yeah, they have different. They have different qualities. They're useful for different things. Like you, know, you, you don't build with chestnut because it always splits. It, 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 <clears throat> the, but um, uh, the, um, uh, the the uh, wood that, for the, that you get from a beech tree that's really good for furniture that, that works really well oak um, is very strong and firm but it also will, will, will move and crack slowly but it, it moves so if you're building with oak make sure you, you take account of it, the fact it's going to twist but that's those are the characteristics of those particular kinds of wood, you know. So in similar similar way, we can recognize. Oh, this is what anger is like. Uh, that uh, if you're if there's an angry feeling, this is how you work with it. That, that handle with care. <laughs> this is kindness. This is how kindness works. Uh, this is uh, this is how uh, 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 how its qualities take shape and and the results of acting on kindness. So that. We relate, if we learn how to let go of self-view, then the, the, the aspects of mind that are wholesome and beneficial, we, we are aware of those and, and see how they can bring blessings to ourselves and others. And so those are the qualities that we recognize and we cultivate. So, we, but we don't need to take them personally, like, I'm really good at meditation, or I've got, I'm a really kind person, or you know, I'm, you know, I'm the kind of champion, compassionate character. Maybe you'd never think that way, <laughs> but we uh, <coughs> we don't have to to relate to our positive qualities personally, but more importantly, we don't have to relate to the po- the, the negative or, or obstructive, afflictive experiences. So rather than, than dwelling on the fact that oh, I have a lot of anger, or a lot of greed, I've got a real you know, I've got a real food obsession. I'm obsessed with with food, and I can't stop uh, feeling greedy. Then to recognise well. Uh, I've taken on the renunciate way of life. I'm 18 years old, 25 years old. These are hungry young bodies. You're only eating in one part of the day. Uh, the only interesting thing that happens in the monastery is eating. <laughs> no sex, no drugs, no rock and roll, no TV. So, you know, lunch is kind of um, breakfast is, is about it. You know. So of course the, the the desire mind hasn't got much to focus on apart from food. <laughs> so uh, don't be, it, rather than thinking I've got a greed problem, I've got a food obsession. It's, it's look well look you know you have a uh, a hungry young uh, a hungry young body that hasn't eaten for for eighteen hours. Uh, what's it going to think of when it when when there's the passing by the kitchen and the, the certain uh, vapors enter the nostrils. The mind's going to go food. <laughs> That's what happens. It's not personal. It's chemistry. It's just it's just biology. It's how how things work. 
But if we take it personally, it's like, oh, I'm so obsessed. I, sh- I, should be a t- I should be detached. I should be really cool. Actually, I'm very dumb. He just takes like a teaspoonful of stuff. <laughs> breakfast. I mean, there's like, there's not even a tenth of his plate. It's, got, it's like nothing. There's nothing there. It's amazing. It's incredible. Well, he's 70 years old. And he's been a monk for over 40 years. So, you know, he's a seasoned warrior. But if we take it personally, oh, I'm not, I'm not good like him. He's so much better than me. I'm really hopeless. This is really, uh, uh, really pathetic. I shouldn't be this way. When the mind makes it personal, then we create suffering. When we see, well, you know, you have, uh, you have a body, you have a mind. You were new in the training. You've got to re, uh, re-educate the habits. Then, of course, uh, it takes time. You can't just snap your fingers and, and uh, change the mind, change the body and, uh, just by shaving the head you know? if, it, if enlightenment came just with a razor be yeah. easy, pretty easy <laughs> but as uh, our friend Morris Walsh uh, would often say uh, at the, uh, he was very fond of a he, he was a very dear friend of the Sangha and his 80th birthday present for himself, to himself was to become a monk for three months it was, and uh, he loved to quote this saying from Japan, which was, uh, "There are many shaven heads covering hairy minds." <laughs> <laughs> so I feel that uh, the the gesture of going forth from the household life um, is, is also more helpful, very helpful to consider it, not just giving up the 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 habits and values of. Uh, uh, the household life, but it's letting it's uh, going forth from self-view, uh, from self-concerned thinking, and learning to recognise the the qualities of mind uh, in terms of nature. Just seeing that it's natural to uh, be experiencing um, happiness and unhappiness, uh, gain and loss, um, to be experiencing uh, kindness and wisdom, generosity. And also to be experiencing jealousy and fear and hatred and, and uh, aversion. If we don't recognize that, then whenever the mind gets caught into those, those impulses, feeling critical of your beloved fellows in the holy life, like, how can he do that? The guy's an idiot. What's he thinking of? There's a kind of wave of rage goes through the system. Think, oh, I'm terrible. I'm the world's worst anagarika. I shouldn't feel this way. Just to recognize, well, that. Rage happens. <laughs> you have the precepts, you know. I undertake the precepts not to take the life of any living being. Okay, my, the summoners are living beings, so I shouldn't take anybody's life. <laughs> How can I... Uh, so I this, this feeling of, of rage or anger needs to be worked with. You don't, the precepts are, 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 are like a, a very solid crucible, like a very... Um, uh, reliable container there are sort of trip switch kind of a kill switch <laughs> that uh, helps us see when there's a, a, a negative impulse it tells us no don't follow that one <laughs> switch off and, and, and leave it alone but it's uh, and so the precepts create a very helpful crucible uh, for us but <clears throat> within that it's helpful uh, to, to change the view just to recognize well this this is an angry impulse therefore it's recognized you know, this is what anger feels like and to to know that to recognize it and to recognize the training is to, to be aware of this to, to know it and to let it go 
and uh, <coughs> to um, to see that those are not personal issues. They they're felt here within this mind, this body, uh, but they they're not personal. They're not your own creation. They're, they're not your own invention. If you have a body and have a mind, you're going to experience. You're going to feel these these different qualities. But when we we shift the view in this way, then we uh, and learn to not take this body, this mind personally, then it, uh, it is a very pro uh, powerful foundation for peacefulness, uh, for, for clarity. Similarly, when you experience illnesses or you feel tired and, and so forth, that rather, than think, rather than thinking, oh this, is really, oh, this is really bad, this shouldn't be happening, how can this, uh, how can this come about? You know, I'm only 18, how, you know, how can I be tired? Or, you know, I shouldn't be... Uh, uh, I shouldn't be having to deal with all this illness or injury, to again, if you recognize that our body is part of a biological system, of course, it's not going to work perfectly all of the time. That's, that's how life is. It, uh, if you observe the natural world, the trees and the animals, the birds and the, the, uh, the world around you, you see that uh, things are, uh, are unstable, they're unpredictable. And that if you assume that you should be in perfect health and have full vitality all the time, you realize well, that's a ridiculously uh, idealistic uh, perspective. It, it can't be that way. That's not the way life works. And so that the more that we we see this this life is part of a of an organic system, when we don't take uh, those issues personally, we find that uh, there is great peace in the attitude, great peace in the quality of, of right view. We're not taking refuge in our mind states. We're not taking refuge in the in the physical states because they're, they're all uncertain and not self. And when the, we shift the view in this way, in particular, we see that the, the, the mind, it's, in many respects you can say the, the mind is not a person. The mind, you know, you, we, we, we take it personally. These thoughts, these memories, these, this, or we have a name, we have a story, and we think this is who I am, I am this person. But when we shift the view in this way, we recognize that the mind is not a person, the body is not a person, it's part of, a, of an organic uh, process, an organic system that's, that's radically, fundamentally not personal. And so then it, you see that really the mind is, is, not, is not a person, the mind is part of nature, the mind is Dhamma. What aspect of your body and your mind is not part of the natural order? <laughs> Answer if you can. Yeah. Is there any part of body and mind that's not part of nature? So therefore, if uh, and if we take the principle, you know, dhamma is nature, nature is dhamma, then that's what the the fundamental nature of mind. Even though the the experiences might be of, of fear or jealousy or anger or selfishness or greed, might be at the surface level or it might be you know, kindness or generosity or clarity, it might be at the surface level. But the fabric of, of, of mind, if you explore it and reflect on it in this way, is Dhamma. So if you grab the thought and go, I am the Dhamma, that's what I am. <laughs> that uh, I, am, I am the true reality, then that's just the mind grabbing a thought and, and, and taking a, a hold of it. But if we see things in this way, if we, if we reflect every mind state, every aspect of feeling, every emotion, every memory, every aspect of the body, these are all part of, of nature. 
then it shifts the, the, the view, it changes the relationship, uh, the attitude towards what we, who and what we think we are. It also changes the, the way that we relate to others, uh, the friends in the monastic life or the lay uh, uh, members of the, of the lay community in the, the broader world, that we, we are changing the view of how we, we see each other and relate to each other rather than just by the personalities, oh, this is the Ajahn, he's like this, and this is you know, the novices, they're like this, and Venerable Kemiko, he's like that. We kind of lock each other, we create each other in terms of our views, and the names and stories. But uh, if, uh, if we take a step back and have a, more of an attitude of seeing, well, we're all uh, part of a natural order, we're all... Uh, all these bodies, all these minds are uh, aspects of nature arising, taking shape, changing, passing away. Then, <clears throat> then what we what we find is that the mind is much more able to attune to the time, the place, the situation in a in an unbiased way. The mind is not clouded by those you know, habits or biases of of, uh, uh, of passion or of aversion or of delusion, but rather the mind is guided by mindfulness and wisdom and an attunement to what, what is useful, what's beneficial, moment by moment. So I feel this is, a, this is something I reflect on a lot. Just uh, You were talking about um, little phrases that you use uh, over and over and over. So uh, this is one of the phrases I've been using for the last year, a year and a half or so. It's like the, the, uh, the, the mind is Dhamma, chitta, the chitta is Dhamma. The chitta is not, the chitta is not a person; it's dhamma, and just going to that over and over and over, all, you know, like, as he said, all kind of all day long, <laughs> kind of all day every day, the mind keeps going to this this reflection. And for some of us here, that might not mean anything, but uh, over the last year or a year and a half, I, I found that a very powerful and helpful reflection, because when the mind moves towards uh, craving or moves towards aversion or towards fear or Laziness or judgment, just to just that reflection of the the mind is it's not a person, it's not personal. It's the mind is an aspect of nature. The chitta is dhamma. The chitta is an aspect of a fundamental reality. Then oh, <laughs> so then rather than saying oh, I shouldn't feel anger, it's rather like saying going up to an oak tree and saying you shouldn't be that shape. And, yeah, or you're going to a, going to a. a, a a beech tree or, a, or a, an ash tree saying, yeah, you're the wrong shape. Or going to a pine or a larch saying, <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be a larch. You know, larches aren't like that. You're, you're all wrong. You shouldn't be that way. It's like, like going up to a tree and saying you're the wrong shape. It's like, it, it's ridiculous. It's crazy, right? And <laughs> 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 if any of you are thinking, how did you know I was doing that? <laughs> But uh, you know, it's crazy. But when we we look at a mind state of, of fear or jealousy, and we say you shouldn't be that way, you, know, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't have this feeling that, that jealousy shouldn't be there. It's not justifying or saying that jealousy is a good thing or fear is a, a good thing. But in that moment, it's recognizing oh, fear is part of nature. It's this way. It's this shape. Just like a larch tree is this shape. It's this way. This is a larch, so it's like this. <laughs> This is a American bass. It's like this. You know, this is a, an oak tree. It's like this. So that <clears throat> that 
recognizing that our heart, our mind, is, is part of the natural order rather than seeing it just in terms of personally that I'm happy, I'm unhappy, I'm getting things together, I'm falling apart, yeah. I've I've been you know <clears throat> I've been misunderstood. That's not fair. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, I'm really happy. I got you know, uh, things are going well for me. If just if using these words, we can see how easy and how naturally we just make everything very personal. Things are going well, really well. I'm I'm really happy. That's good. Normal, right? <laughs> it's very familiar, but to take a step back and go, well, yeah, this is happiness. Happiness feels this way. You're not sort of sterilizing your mind or trying to numb the feeling, but there's still the happiness. And if it's happiness that comes from doing things in a skillful way, it's still, yeah, you've, you've been kind, you've been generous, so the heart is bright and warm. Good. <laughs> it's a wholesome quality. You're not just sort of dismissing that or, or saying it doesn't have value, but rather, oh yeah, this good thing was done, this happy feeling arises. That's part of part of nature, uh, and uh, we don't take it personally. We don't say, "Oh, you know, I'm getting it right. I'm a good person. I'm, my practice is really going going uh, going well." Rather than seeing it in a personal way, rather, oh, when good is done, there's this brightness of the heart. When the unskillfulness is is done, then there's this pain or this this tension, this this pressure. It's like this. So I feel this. Uh, uh, if it, this is a kind of reflection that's useful to you, please uh, take that and, and keep it. I would also uh, heartily echo uh, Lumpur Viridamo's comments about uh, learning from whatever happens, uh, and that um, there will be lots of ups and downs. That's how nature works. <laughs> you don't just get up, 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 up. It's not the way things operate. So uh, one of uh, Lumpur Cha's uh, dictums or dicta. Uh, to be pedantic, <laughs> one of his dicta was, uh, everything is teaching us. If you're wise, everything will teach you. Successes and failures, praise and criticism, complete mediocrity will teach you. <laughs> Things being absolutely ordinary and unremarkable will teach you, if you, if you let it. And whenever there's an Anagarika precept ceremony, this is something I encourage, well, also for novices and siladara, because... Uh, Every time people make a, a, a commitment of this nature, I strongly encourage to make a resolution that uh, that uh, setting out on this journey as you are for a year, it's a year-long trip, May the 14th, 2019, it's a year-long journey, to, to set the intention, okay, it's my intention to be... Uh, letting everything teach me, whether it's painful or pleasant, expected or unexpected, what I want, what I don't want. Uh, the main intention is not to, uh, not to be having things go the way I like, but to learn from whatever happens, the pleasant, the painful, the useful, the difficult, um, health and sickness, uh, uh, the convenient and the inconvenient. And if you set the intention to, to let everything teach you, make that the, the priority, then nothing can go wrong. Even regret of having shaved your head and gone in forth, and this is a total mistake, this is a disaster, this is painful, this is awful. What was I thinking of? I must have been crazy. You know, my high school friends were absolutely right. You're a nut. <laughs> yeah, it's a total a confusing uh, mess uh, that I've uh, created for myself. Great. That's a really good opportunity to learn about those despairing, regretful mind states. 
I'm not kidding. You know, it's like okay, you've you've uh, you set out on this this journey, and so that there's a, a good opportunity to look at those those mind states, and uh, and so the challenge is not to believe in the content, but to reckon to see. Okay, now what what can I learn from this? This is not what I wanted. I was all inspired last week, and now <laughs> my pillow is wet with my tears, kind of feeling, and that. Uh, to be able to recognize, oh, that changed. That's interesting. Last week it was so obvious, it was just, yes, onward to Nibbana. (laughs) And that was the only thing that was interesting, and nothing else was of value. And suddenly, it's all fallen away, and I'm just looking for anything to distract myself with. (laughs) Reading the toothpaste tubes. (laughs) (laughs) Going through the old newspapers that like fires with you. Trying to find something to be interested in. Yeah. But, uh, so if you set that intention, I, I really strongly and seriously encourage you, you know, set that intention. Whatever happens, the first thing is, okay, what, what can be learned from this? What, is this? what is this teaching? Then nothing can go wrong. Everything will be a, a, a fuel for a source of wisdom for you. If you have a fixed agenda of how you want to be, okay, now, entering into Anagarika life, okay, now, these are my goals. <laughs> right. That's like going up to the, the thicknesser and sticking your hand in the... <laughs> sticking your hand in the thicknesser. There'll be blood all over the workshop. <laughs> pain, blood, pain and mess, and lots of regret. Because... Uh, the more that we're fixed on, I want it to be this way, I don't, I don't want it to be that way. It's not um, make, saying that goals or intentions are, are useless, but the more that that's fixed and, and the mind holds it rigidly, the more that you create the causes for suffering and disappointment. And if things go according to your plan, then yes, this is great, fantastic, this is just what I wanted. You know, that, that degree of investment and grasping then sets you up for, for, uh, for misery when, oh no, it's all falling apart. Last week it was so good and now it's all come to pieces. That <clears throat> the, the mind creates suffering around even success and things going well. And so that uh, if you very clearly and consciously set the intention that, uh, to learn from whatever happens, then when things go well, you don't get drunk on it. You think, okay, well, this is this is a sweet feeling. I wanted it to go this way. I thought, wow, my meditation is amazing. This is just just sort of decided to sit down and and give myself a, a period of time to meditate. I've just been sitting here, and the mind is clear and bright and focused. Sweet. Okay, it's sweet, <laughs> but not to get drunk on that sweetness, but recognize. Okay, sometimes you set an intention, and things go exactly as you like. Very nice. It won't always be this way, but in this moment, it is this way. And it, you know, a week later, you sit down. Okay, I'm going to give myself, you know, two or three hours just for meditation practice. And your head is <laughs> a nightmare. You know, it's a, it's a, the thoughts are you know, crazy. Every kind of you know, confusion and, and defilement in the book. The, what they call a multiple hindrance attack. You manage to have <laughs> sense, desire, ill will. Restless and stillness and doubt all at the same time. You know, your multiple hindrance attack. Yeah. And then at the end of the afternoon, it's like, wow, 
what was that? And again, it, rather than thinking, oh, it's a disaster, I'm a total failure, my, my mind is such a mess, I'm polluting the atmosphere here, that Ajahn Viridhamma should send me away because I'm just, my vibes are just going to be disturbing, even the, you know, the birds and the, and the ground squirrels and the chipmunks are going to leave, you know, my, my vibes are so poisonous. And uh, rather than buying into it, they say, well, that was, that was interesting. That was a complete mess. <laughs> what can be learned from that? So that then success and failure are viewed with a whole different eye rather than I'm succeeding, I'm failing. It's like, oh, well, that seemed like a good direction. And then for whatever reasons, there was this big uh, mass of confusion and difficulty. Uh huh. Sometimes it's like that. What can be learned from this? So then uh, the more that you can establish that, that attitude of being ready and interested to learn from whatever happens, then the the wholesome can be cultivated and, and developed, and the unwholesome can be recognised and, and let go of. But um, that is, uh, uh, say, is affected. That's brought into to being based on a quality of right view and attunement to the time, the place, the situation, rather than the mind attaching to the good and, and, and fearing the bad and, and uh, as they creating those kind of um, tensions in the mind. One of, uh, again, one of Lumpur Chah's most common uh, reflections was good and, and, and bad, um, success and failure are of equal value. Liking and disliking are of equal value. Chok, my chok, tau tau da. The liking and disliking are, equal, are of equal value. So if you really take that to heart, then it really is a support for a very balanced training. So I wish you well on your journey. Uh, you're, you've got a very reliable captain, if I may say so. And uh, you have a, a very supportive community, a very helpful environment. The, the lay people here keep you well I'm pretty sure they'll keep you well fed, if not overfed. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, it's a very, uh, very supportive environment. So I wish you uh, all the best, and uh, may this be a very fruitful year for you. And then we'll see how things are. May fourteenth, twenty nineteen. We'll see what shape the world is. Ewan. Andamayang dhamagata satu karang tatamase. Sadhu, Sadhu, Sadhu